title of the message today is When You Feel Less Than. When You Feel Less Than. Sometimes we go through uh, times in our life where we feel less than. For any number of reasons, you don't feel good about who you are, you don't feel loved, you feel less than, your confidence level is at an all-time low. We all go through different times like this. Sometimes it's just that we need to get delivered of some things, some lies that we've been, been believing about ourselves, and then when we get free from it, we feel loved, we, we know that God loves us, and then we also become more effective in who we are as believers. And this is so important because your confidence level is one of the most important factors in determining your success or your failure in life. Let me say that again. Your confidence level is one of the most important factors in determining your success or failure in life. What you think about who you are and more importantly, what you think about who God says you are will determine the direction of your life. Your confidence is so vitally important. And your confidence is a good thing that God has built into uh, us. Your confidence before God. Your confidence before other people. Your confidence at work and at school. Your confidence is a good thing and it is very enabling in your success. And yet, you've probably have thought, like I have over the years, that, well, if I get too confident, then I'm going to be, I'll come across as being someone who is uh, prideful or arrogant. And we have that fine balance in us that uh, is so important. But um, I'll give you an example in my own life. When I first gave my life to Jesus, when I rededicated my life to Christ about 17 or 18 years old, um, you can ask my friends and my family too, because uh, uh, I've asked them. You know, a couple decades go by, and I've asked them, hey, how did I come across to you when I got saved? Because I was bold. I was really bold. And um, some of them will say, yeah, you're, you were pretty, pretty out there, man. You were pretty a little crazy. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I even had one uh, friend back then that I took out to lunch and I was just like machine gunning Bible verses at him. And, and uh, he, at the very end, he said, hey, um, yeah, thank you for saying that, but uh, just remember to be humble. And uh, so things like that. And then I'll have other friends that will tell you, yeah, you were very bold, but I got saved out of the deal. And, and we have, you know, when we get saved, I think God uses that, that boldness that raw boldness to shake things up. Shake things up in families. Shake things up in the friends that you have had. And, and people get saved out of it because they have to decide, man, am I going to believe this is real or am I going to just have to push this person away from me? I don't know how to, to deal with this. And the truth is about, about the Bible is we learn from Scripture that you can be both confident and humble at the same time. And the Bible tells us to be both of those at the same time, to be confident in God, 
to be humble under his mighty hand. Let's take a look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. The Apostle Paul says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know that you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Now that I have, uh, now that I was, uh, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Oh, that's so important. I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is a full stomach or with plenty or little. I can do, and then he finishes it off by saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can we say that out loud together? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is a great thing to declare in that. With confidence, I can do all things. And you see both in there, in that last line, you see both that I can do, that's confidence, but then it tells you the reason why. Through Christ who gives me strength. That's the reason why I can do all things. Uh, To help illustrate this, and we thank God that the Apostle Paul did what God called him to do and did it with confidence because we get to enjoy, you know, two-thirds of the New Testament because of him being more than a conqueror, because of him being confident in who he was, and we get to benefit from that. Amen? Amen. So to help illustrate this boldness and this confidence, let's look at the book of Acts. Uh, Peter and John had just healed a man who was crippled uh, at the temple in chapter 3, in Acts chapter 3, and then Peter preached to a massive crowd. 5,000 men got saved, and then they were arrested. And then if you look at Acts chapter 4, verse 10, we'll read three verses there. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Do you see both in there? Do you see the confidence in God? The power of God also there, the miracles of God by the Holy Spirit. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. Actually, if you look underneath the hood on those, those words there, you'll see idiotes in the Greek. It's the word for we get idiot. They saw that they were idiots. That's what it says. 
or maybe they appeared that way to the crowd or whoever was thinking that they were so much high above everybody else. And they realized that what made them tick, that what the power behind them is that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. You want to talk about something that will boost your confidence more than anything else? It is your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. You want to boost your confidence. It is all about relationship. They walked in healing power. They preached. They spoke boldly. They were arrested. And then they still spoke boldly after that. That takes some guts. That takes some Holy Spirit power to go through what they went through, come out of it and say, hey, we're still preaching Jesus, and we're happy about it, and we'll be leaping in for joy about it. Wow. Because they had been with Jesus. And the same is true of you and me. Your confidence in who you are and what God has called you to do is all about your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So I have, I have, um, have three foundations on, on which your confidence is built as a believer. I want to go over real quick. Three foundations on which your confidence is built. The first one is your position in Christ. Your position in Christ. You are a child of God. If you've received Christ into your life, God is your heavenly father. You know, it says that he's placed us in the heavenly places with Christ. That is your position in, in him. And th- so the first thing that a person needs to do in, in having a foundation of confidence in your life and feeling more than just less than is to first give your life to Jesus Christ. Don't try to fix anything else until you give your life to Jesus. Come to the cross, repent of your sins, turn away from your sins, come to the cross, give your life to Jesus, surrender everything to him, and then you will feel for the first time the love of God in your life. You will feel love from the one that created you, the one that made you, the one that designed you with design and purpose, and then you'll know the love of Christ that he gave his life for you, and that he loves you. So first, give your life to Jesus. You will always feel unloved, unloved, and less than until you give your life to Christ. You'll know that God loves you. Then once you give your life to Jesus and you're starting to walk with him, you'll notice that there are forces and voices that will try to come against your confidence in who you are in Christ. Here are some of those examples of those voices. Well, you've got the world system that is automatically, it's under the control of the enemy and automatically becomes an opponent, automatically becomes a voice that that shouts out at you to be quiet. And we have that as soon as you come to Christ, you have the world system trying to intimidate you when it comes to who you are in Christ. Then you've got the enemy, the devil, that comes at you with lies, trying to make you feel less than, telling you you're not loved, you're not important, your voice doesn't matter. These are all lies. 
you know what, you don't have what it takes. However, if you think about it, your position in Christ means that you're seated in the heavenly places with Christ. The enemy is crushed under your feet, and you can do all things through Christ, and you um, have victory and authority over the enemy. Can somebody say amen? amen? Amen. Then you have your own failures. Man, that can slap your confidence right in the face, right? The times that you messed up, the, your flesh, the sin, the disobedience can cripple your confidence in Christ. Um, let me, I'll just give you one of my own uh, failures early on in, in public speaking. And I, I had never done public speaking before. I was working at a Christian bookstore this is probably a good 25, 25 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. Um, and they asked me to for a vacation Bible school uh, rally or something for the Christian bookstore. We had companies come in and display their vacation Bible school. They asked me to do like a five-minute thing in, in front of about 100 people to talk about something with, to do with vacation Bible school. I don't even know what it was. I got up. I, and I completely froze. I had not done public speaking. I froze. It was really bad. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. It was so bad that the ladies in the front started trying to help me. Um, is it about vacation Bible school? Is it about the Bible? Is it about Jesus? And they're trying to pull me out of this frozen state. And then someone came up and said, I'll take it from here. And I was like, and I said, I'm done. I am done. I will never do public speaking. God's laughing. Yeah, right. <laughs> I will never do public speaking as long as I live. I'm done. I'm good with it. Peace out. Right? And they say it's like number one fear of people is public speaking like even more than death and that just took my confidence and slapped it in the face and said you're out for the count done (laughs) and then I started serving in children's ministries years later and I said when I got there to the bible for the the kids class I said hey all I want to do here is help I'll like you know pass out curriculum to to kids uh, I, I'm just here to dust the shelves, whatever you need me to do, but I will not be teaching. I'm just here to help, okay? And they're like, okay, great. Yeah, come on in. Come on in. Pull, pull them in. Pull them in. And then after, I, I would say, five or six months or whatever it was, uh, they said, hey, why don't you give teaching? And we're talking about a class of like 10 kids. Why don't you give a little Bible thing uh, for the, the kids? And I said, okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. So I gave it a try, and I loved it. And the kids responded to me, and they, they said, that was real. So thank you, thank you. I'm like, oh, man, this is so cool. Then I kept doing that and doing that, and then that turned into uh, serving and teaching and, and then becoming a children's pastor and then later on um, uh, speaking. Uh, well, I've been speaking, like, almost every Sunday for the last 20 years, and that's why I, th- I think it's so ironic that the things that God has called us to, sometimes the enemy just hammers at to try to get us to shut up 
And God said, no, I, I have a plan for you. I have purpose for you. I have destiny for you. So our failures. But thank God, look at uh, Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. What, what do we do with our failures? Talk about confidence. It says, uh, Hebrews four fifteen. we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Now watch this. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That word boldly there means with confidence. Come to the cross, come boldly to the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness. And it even in the original says openness. Come to him plainly. That means don't hide anything back from him. He sees it all anyways. Come to him and say, God, I'm a mess. God, I have failed. I need you to forgive me, and I want to be restored. And then God can take you from there and take you from being feeling less than to feeling loved and accepted and ready to do what God has called you to do. But wait, there's more. What about the things that people have said to you and how it has made you feel less than? What about people who are condescending? It's hard to be around people who are condescending. I can't stand it. I'd, uh, I like to be around people who are humble, who you feel comfortable with. They, they're not trying to lord it over you. I mean, there's a difference between being under spiritual leadership where you know that there's authority that you need to surrender to and submit to, and you will grow out of that. But I want to submit to leaders who are humble, they're not trying to, they, they, they believe what the Bible says that, you know, think of others better than yourself. That's a good leader that follows that, that lives under the authority, but at the same time is humble, not condescending. They make you feel less than when they're condescending, and that's not good. How about people who are abusive, in your, who have been abusive in your life, verbally abusive, even physically abusive, sexually abusive, that makes you feel less than than who God has made you to be. And a lot of people go through this. A lot of people deal with this more than we know. I, I didn't realize how many people, especially, I'll be honest with you, especially the ladies, have gone through abusive situations. Uh, I didn't didn't know that until I dated a girl who had, uh, been sexually abused as a child, and what what damage that does to a person's confidence, their self worth, and God can come in and heal that, and heal by the power of the Holy Spirit, and restore you, uh, and restore your soul, your mind, your will, the choices that you make, your emotions. God can heal all of that. He is faithful to do that, but we need to come to him, and then he will begin to help you to, to make you feel important and feel loved by him. Here, here's another one that um, might be a little bit more subtle, 
But have you ever been around a person who's competitive? And you cannot get one up on them. And it makes you feel less than. Because you, you, you get to a point where you say, well, I might as well just give up if they're always going to try to be the best at everything that we do. Let me just give you a real funny one that I think is... Uh, and this is, we, we laugh, we're friends, we laugh at this, but I had a friend, um, there's three of us guys that we were all single, and we would go for bike rides. And we would go bike rides down at the beach, and different, we would drive places and go for these long bike rides, beach, and things like that. But uh, this guy was so funny uh, because he always had to be ahead of us, always. And then when my friend and I discovered that he always had to be this way, then I said, hey, did you, know, did you notice that so-and-so always is trying to be ahead of us? He goes, no, I didn't realize that. He goes, yeah. He goes, well, I said, watch this. So we were going along, and then I just started cranking it as hard as I could. And he was like this the whole time. And I'm like, I'm like racing, racing. And my friend is like way behind us just laughing because I'm just like, and he's just like nonchalant. You know, the, the guy in the front is just like nonchalant. Like he's, he's giving it all he's got, but he's making it look cool too at the same time. And we were laughing so hard. And then later on, we started joking with him about it. And, 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 and we would, hey, I'm going to try to beat you. And he's like, because mm, he, he had to be in front. And there's people that have a competitive nature like that. But sometimes when they're in your life, family, friends, things like that, it can make you feel less than. It can make you feel like, well, I might as well, you know, they always have something good to say. They're always doing something good, so I might as well just back off. And then you get quiet. And God never intended you to be that way. He wants you to speak. He wants you to have a say. He wants you to um, do your best at what you're And then you have, we have our own insecurities, don't we? All kinds of things that affect um, us to make us feel less than, the way we look, our appearance. You know, uh, this is a a more minor one compared to the things that I've talked about, but the way that we dress affects our confidence. You know, for example, if I go out and I'm dressing like a slob, whatever that is to me, you know, uh, I feel it. I don't feel as confident as when I'm, I'm dressed nice, I walk out and my head's a little bit higher and I feel good about myself. Now, to some guys, you know, a hole, holes in the shirt and, and uh, you know, looking really tough, you know, makes it, builds their confidence like, yeah, these holes didn't get here without my muscles busting through. I feel ultra confident right now. Not to mention the fact that the, the shirt is 20 years old. Um, you know, Hulkamania running wild here, you know. <laughs> In all these things I've talked about, things that affect the way we feel, it is important that we understand our position in Christ. It is so vitally important when it comes to our confidence. So your position in Christ. The second one is your perception of Christ, of who Christ is. Let's look at this really quick. Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? Was he saying that because he was, didn't feel confident about who he was? No, he knew exactly who he was. Who are people saying that I am? 
And um, they said, some say it's John the Baptist, some Elijah, some others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So Peter affirms Jesus and who he is. And this is so important because you're going to see something really cool here, I think. Then Jesus answered. Look, look at the way that Jesus answers him. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, or son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Man, that's all just because I said, Jesus, you're the Christ. Do you see something? I'd never seen this before, but do you realize that when Peter acknowledges who Christ is to him and to his life, that Jesus immediately tells Peter who he is? That is so powerful. Jesus, you are the Christ. You are the anointed one. And I acknowledge you as that. And then Jesus says right back to you, okay, let me tell you who you are. And look what he says to him about who he is. He says, you are Peter. That means Petros. You are a rock, a stone. And then he says, and upon this Petra, different word, I'm calling you Petros, which is a smaller rock. And upon this Petra, which means a large rock, a cliff or a ledge, it is huge, like mountain-like rock. Peter, I'm calling you a rock. You may not feel like it. You may feel less than. But I'm calling you someone who is stable, who is a rock, like, like someone who is strong, immovable and upon this rock talking about himself i will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against is that affirming or what wow jesus tells peter who he is you ever felt like um, less than felt you feel totally inadequate and god begins to tell you who you are in, who are who you are in Christ, just like he's telling Peter. And I want to show you something, that we can do the exact same thing. You worship God, you praise him, you acknowledge who he is in your life, and he begins, you, your ears are open to hear who you are in him. Amen. We so desperately need God's affirmation, don't we? To, for him to tell us who we are. And people will spend their whole life, they'll spend everything that they have, they'll try to find it in relationships just to, to be affirmed. And all along, God is saying, I want to be the one to tell you who you are. I made you, I created you, I have a plan and a purpose for your life, and I want to affirm you in that. So our perception of Christ, and then the last one is the promises of God. Your confidence is based on the promises of God. When you feel less than, then it's time to stand on the promises of God. If you need a, a boost of self-worth, there's no better place to turn 
than the scriptures, than the Bible, and begin to declare the word of God out of your mouth, and that will be the foundation of your confidence. Look at Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it into the day of Jesus Christ. Listen, when God made you and designed you, he made you as a, a complete package. That means he designed you and created you just the way he wanted you to be, but he also in that package made a plan and a purpose for your life, and it all goes together, it all fits together. But there's people that go through life and they never find out what God's plan and purpose is for their life. Why? Because they think, well, I could never do that. I could never sing like that. I could never speak like that. I could never do some of the things that these people are doing. And God says, I designed you with purpose and design. I have something great for you to do. And you need to be confident in that. Be confident in what I've created you and designed you to be and to do. Amen? Psalm 139, 13 through 14, you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. There's some confidence in what he's saying right there. God, you made me pretty nice. That's pretty good. I am fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully made. Wow. And then you could be humble at the same time. Hebrews 10, 35 through 36 Therefore, this, oh, this thing just, this verse just wraps up, I think, everything that I've been talking about today. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Whoa. Don't cast aside your confidence, which has a great reward. Your confidence has a great reward. Do you see that? For you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, that's his plan and purpose for your life, you may receive the promise that you've been declaring. Amen? That's wonderful. Hebrews 13, 5, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I'll never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Jeremiah 17, 7, be blessed, but, uh, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made their, the Lord their hope and what? Confidence. Nehemiah 16, or 6, 16, when all of our enemies, they were building the walls of Jerusalem, when all of our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence. The enemy lost his self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Wow. They were building the rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. They were being attacked. And then all of a sudden, the confidence of the enemy went out because they realized that God was working for them. 1 John 5.14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 1 John 4, 16 through 17, we know how much God loves us, and we've put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, 
but we can face God with what? Confidence, because we live like Jesus here in this world. And then the last one, last verse, Philippians 4.13, it's worthy of memorizing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One more time out loud, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You want to acknowledge, not only read and acknowledge the word, but declare it out of your mouth, and that will become the foundation for confidence in your life. Don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. The enemy tells you to shut up. You say, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Jesus came against the enemy and spoke the word out loud, and the enemy had to flee. So what are we asking for? What am I asking for of you this week as a a point of action, let's first identify the thoughts, the feelings, the words, because, you, you know, it's a feeling. Feeling less than or thinking that you're less than is a thought and it's a feeling and it's a lie. So first we have to identify what those lies are, making us feel less than, and then we have to come against those lies Listen, I need you to come against those lies this week in the name of Jesus. If you want to be successful, if you want to be a bold Christian and and do the things that God is calling you to do, I'm telling you, you need to come against those lies in the name of Jesus and say, you know what? I identify that as a lie and you've got to go right now in the name of Jesus because that's not who I am anymore. Amen? And then you have to look at who Christ is. He is your strength. He is your confidence. And finally, let's declare the wonderful, amazing promises of God out of our mouth. Boldness, confidence to do what he's called you to do. Confidence and humility. Confidence at work. Confidence at school. Confidence in your parenting at home. God has given you a call. Confidence in your family to be a dad or to be a mom. Step into that place of leadership and be confident in it. Confident in what he's gifted you. Confident to sing at church. Confident to teach. Confident to lead his kids and youth. Confident to do whatever he has gifted you in. Confident to lead other people to Christ this week. In Jesus' name.